You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Listen, this is a workout series that we're in, okay? This is week one of 10, and we're just going to get our biceps. Like, I feel like after I watch that, you know, you know what I think we should do? When we leave today, I think we should all run up the stairs out there like we're Rocky. <laughs> Come on, Jess, let me, let, let's, let's show you. This, this is what I want you to do when you get to the top. There's 23 stairs out there. When you get to the top today, come on, just give me one of these. <laughs> we won't be freaking out Costable's customers at all. Just like, I just came from church, Adrian. Anyway, um, hey, are you all good? You guys good? Good. You, you look good. And that's, that's how, isn't that the half the battle, just trying to look good on Sunday? You guys look Good. And listen, I know it's a battle for you, those of you who are new to like coming to a church for the first time, especially one that's in the basement. And so I just want to thank you for pushing through that. If this is your first time here and my hope for you is that we see you a whole bunch more times, that you'll be back here a whole lot of times. Isn't that our hope for our first time guests, guys? Like, I just want you to come back. We just love you guys for being here. I want to give a shout out to our online family who's choosing to watch us over Rocky. And so thank you so much for watching and listening. We have some people tuning in this morning. Here's the roll call. Um, we have Pamela France. We have Joy May. Joy's watching in Disney World. We're talking about jealousy today, all right, because of that. Anyway, Joy, we're glad you're here. Uh, Martina up in Harleysville, PA. And then this is crazy. I'm going to pronounce this all wrong. We have a lady watching from off some island off of Madagascar, Sunita Varaya from Point, Port Louis, Mauritius. <laughs> Look, I said that wrong, but we are so glad off the island of Madagascar. Come on, let's give it up for all my family. That's wild. Hey, I'm having a good day today um, because before the service started, Bill Ertl in the back, one of our volunteers, gave me this T-shirt. This is a church that loves their pastor and knows their pastor, right? So thank you, Bill. I am super psyched about this. And uh, I'm psyched about all of our volunteers. They get here early. Bill got here early. Um, I don't know if you saw Alexis earlier. Alexis was our camera person who had like the Ghostbusters backpack on. Did you see that? I had never seen that before. Like she walked in today and I'm like, what is happening? All right. We like getting zapping people. I don't know, but it, I guess it holds the camera. And so can we just give it up for all of our volunteers, Alexis, Bill, every one of you guys. We love you guys. Hey, I need you to help me preach today. Can you help me preach today? Can you? All right. I'm going to give it as much effort as you guys give it. All right. So if you give me some effort, I'm going to give it some effort. The first service had a little bit of ambient in them. All right. So I'm just believing that the 1030 is feeling it. You feeling it? Okay, good. All right, we're, we're in this series called I Declare War, and this is week three. And if you missed the last couple of weeks, no worries. The, the big idea for this series is, is just we're talking about declaring war over the stuff in our life that's declaring war over us. Just real simple, declaring war over the stuff in our life that is declaring war over us. And uh, I want to set up today with a question like I always do. And today's question is an all skate. You can all get in on this. I want to know how many of you have ever, ever, done something back in the day that was stupid. Hands up if you like in this morning counts. We'll count this morning as back in the day. Stupid. L listen, come on. Just look around. Welcome to Bayshore. We are jacked up. We are jacked up. We did this on Easter. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are jacked up. You're jacked up. 
You know how you know you're jacked up? Because it just feels good to tell someone else they're jacked up. That's how you know. Um, uh, if you want to feel better, you want to hear a, a story about your jacked up pastor and worship leader? You, you want to hear a, like one of those stories? Okay, listen, this, what I'm about to tell you, I am not proud of, but it really did happen. All right, so we got to go back to, everybody's got to go back to 1999. All right, 1999. If you're not back in 1999, let me just get you there real quick. MySpace and Napster just came out in 1999. The Sixth Sense just came out in 1999. I see dead people. Okay, that came... In 1999, everybody had a Blockbuster video card in their wallet. Who remembers 1999? You remember it. Who still has a Blockbuster video card? Sell it on eBay. There you go. (laughs) Who still probably has some late fees to Blockbuster, if you're honest? Like, how many of you got some late fees to Blockbuster? They canceled them. No, no. You all with late fees, you made them go under. It's your fault. You're why we don't have Blockbuster. Anyway, that's 1999. We're kind of in 1999. Bo Dukes and I were super close in 1999, just like we are today. And um, Bo Dukes and I were 17 years old, and we, ve- we drove very different cars. All right. Bo drove a sweet convertible, candy apple red, Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. And I drove a sweet non-convertible, multi-rust-colored, padiddle, Honda Accord. All right. My car had one of those detached headliner features. You know, when I put the window down, I ride down the road, it'd like flap around like this. I'm like, that's my car, man. Love my car. And um, anyway, we mainly drove in Bo's car. That's what really happened. And so I remember one night in 1999, 17-year-old Bo and I were at our friends Jason and Ashley's house. They were brother and sister, live in Long Neck. And uh, we all like to go to Jason and Ashley's house because Jason and Ashley's parents had a hot tub, they had a heated pool, and they had the Schwann's man who delivered these chocolate chip ice cream cookies to their house. Listen, we didn't have the Schwann's man at my house. We had probably applesauce from the food line, man. That's probably what we had. We had no Schwann's man. And so we were at Ashley and Jason's house, and 17-year-old us were eating our, like, you know, Schwann's chocolate chip cookie ice cream thingy, and uh, our friend Crystal pulled up, because there was a bunch of people there that night, and it, was a, it, was a good, it wasn't like a bad party, okay? It was like, we were pretty good kids, um, for the most part. This the story is going to tell you otherwise. Um, and Crystal pulled up in her dad's electric blue Mazda Miata. Ha! I don't know. So we were like, Crystal you think Bo and I could drive your dad's electric blue Mazda Miata? And she's like, I don't know, guys. I don't know. Like, it's a, it's a convertible. I, no, she, and she said, it's a, it's, a, it's a stick shift. It's a manual. You guys know how to drive a stick shift. And I was like, I was like Bo, let me take care of this, Bo. I'll take care of this. I was like, Crystal, listen, you see that sweet, non-convertible, multi-rust-colored, padiddle Honda Accord? You see that sweet car over there? That's my car. I can drive a stick shift. Guys, I had never driven a stick shift in my entire life, ever. <laughs> but she gave us the keys. I'm like, hot dog, all right. And so, Bo, I, also, I told Bo, I was like, listen, I just did the dirty work there. I'm driving, even though I've never driven a stick shift before. So I got in the driver's seat. Bo got in the passenger seat. I'm like, Bo, there are three pedals. <laughs> Woo, this is awesome. And so I got in there. No lie, I drove us to Peddler's Village right over here. Whole ride was like this. Whole ride. We get to Peddler's Village. Bo's like, pull over. I'm driving the rest of the way home. True story. Bo got in the driver's seat. The moment Bo got in the driver's seat, that car would not go over seven miles per hour. I am not lying. It would not go over seven miles per hour. It took us over an hour to get back to Ashley and Jason's house because somebody burned out the clutch. 
Bo. <laughs> and so it takes us an hour to get back. We pull into Ashley and Jason's driveway at a, you know, a speed of seven, seven miles an hour. And we looked at each other and we're like, maybe, maybe we don't tell Crystal. Maybe we just kind of see how this plays out. Like miracles are possible, right? And this is your worship leader and pastor. So we, we go in and we just give Crystal the keys and say, thanks. And then when Crystal ended up leaving, we're like looking out the window, like, let's see what happens. And she left. She was able to get out of the driveway. I mean, she was going about seven miles an hour, but she left the driveway. And then she went around the corner and we're like, <laughs> the Lord is good. She's down. She's gone. She just, it took her 20 minutes before we saw her come back. And she came back screaming in the driveway at seven, seven miles an hour. And she comes in and she's like, was my, was my car acting funny to you guys? And Bo and I were just like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's hard to say what's funny. It's not our car, you know, so we don't really know what's normal, what's not. I mean, Bo, what do you think? Like, and listen, we never told her ever, ever. And you know what that means? You know what that means? That means that Bo Dukes owes her dad a brand new clutch. That's what that means, all right? That's <laughs> but just one more time, just raise your hand if you've ever done something stupid before. You got a back-in-the-day stupid story. All right, that makes me feel better about myself. Listen, I'm not proud of that story. That was 21 years ago, and I still feel bad about it today. And we just probably told Crystal what we did to her me out of 21 years ago. But isn't it true that what we did back in the day can still declare war on us today? What we've done back in the day can still declare war on us today. And back in the day, for you, can be like 21 years ago, but it could also be like 21 months ago. It could be 21 minutes ago. How many of you ever had like one of those rides to church that just didn't go very churchy? <laughs> Some of you, it was today, right? We all have our own Mazda Miata story. And so today is about how do we declare war on our past mistakes when our past mistakes are declaring war over us? How do we declare war? How do you declare war? on your past mistakes, when your past mistakes are declaring war on you. And um, to, to talk you through this, I want to look at a guy named Peter today. Peter was one of Jesus's best friends. And Peter, I don't know if this is weird, but I have a favorite disciple and it's Peter. And the reason why is because Peter was jacked up, like burnt the clutch out, lied about it for two decades, kind of jacked up. And so like, he just kind of makes me feel better about myself. And so I like Peter. And, um, but one day Peter messed up so bad that he thought, well, God can't use me anymore. Like, I am out of the God club. Like, I, I am sidelined. I cannot come back from this. And it all started um, on the day that Jesus was arrested, right before the crucifixion. So if you know the story, Jesus has dinner with, like, his buddies, his 12 disciples. They're all sitting there. They're having, everything's good at this dinner until Jesus is like, hey, guys, one of you is going to, like, mess up real bad. And it's going to be in the Bible. And people will talk about it, like, 2,000 years later. Like, somebody's going to do that. And Peter, Peter, he's always talking for us. He's like, ha, <laughs> Not me. Ain't going to be me. I'm not that guy. Like, not me. And Jesus is like, uh, it's going to be you. You're, you're going to die. Deny me three times before you even hear like a rooster crowing because it's morning time. Like you are going to deny me three times. And, and when Jesus says something's going to happen, you can just take it to the bank. Like it's going to happen. And so Jesus ends up getting arrested that night. And, um, and Peter kind of fall, follows the whole situation at a distance. And he's, he's eavesdropping on the trial. And it says in the Bible that, that Peter was warming himself up next to this charcoal fire. What kind of fire? Charcoal. charcoal fire, okay? And these people come up to Peter. They can kind of see his face glowing in the charcoal fire. And they're like, hey, you're that guy. You're P Peter, right? It's Peter, right? Like, you're, you're Jesus' friend. And Peter's like, 
no, 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 that's not, that's, that's not me. He did that three times, and then what did he hear? Cock-a-doodle-doo. And Peter has his, like, what'd you do moment, like the Mazda Miata moment. And so he feels like, well, I'm never going to work for God again. I'm, I'm out of the club forever. And that's why I love how things take a turn, because after Jesus' resurrection, um, Jesus cooks breakfast for Peter on the beach. And I, I think that Jesus made Scrapple and Cinnabon. <laughs> I mean, I just like to think that Jesus is a Scrapple man. I mean, I just, come on, how many of you believe that Jesus probably was a Scrapple man? Some of you are lying. You're not into it. Okay, listen, he was. I, I can't prove it, but I can prove it. I'm telling you. And so they're, they're sitting there, and Jesus cooks the breakfast over a charcoal fire. The charcoal fire is only mentioned two times in the entire Bible. If you look at the Greek and the Hebrew, only, this word is only mentioned twice, and it's when Peter denies Jesus, and it's when Jesus cooks breakfast for Peter on the beach. And so basically, Jesus is setting up the scene to restore his friend Peter. So that's where we're going to pick up. It's in John 21, verse 15, and uh, it'll be on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible, so you can follow along there. It said, when they have finished eating, all right, the scrapple is gone. Finish eating. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Paul's, that's Peter's old name. We'll come back to that. Keep that in your back pocket. Simon, son of John. Now, what's it say? Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he, Peter, said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Now, if I'm Jesus, which I'm not, my wife could tell you I am not Jesus. But if I'm Jesus, my first thing I'm saying to Peter is not, do you love me? I'm saying, do you feel real bad? Because that was jacked up. That's why I overcooked your scrapple, Peter, really, because what you did like, hurt my feelings a little bit, so I just overcooked a little bit. That's what I'm saying. But Jesus says, do you love me? And, and my first thought is, what's that got to do with anything, Jesus? But my next thought is like, maybe that has everything to do with it. Because to Jesus, he focuses more on our motives than he does our mistakes. To Jesus, he looks at the activity in our heart more than the activity in our life. To us, we, we look at, what did you do? And to Jesus, he looks at, who do you love? And so maybe today you got some past mistakes that are declaring war on you. I just want to tell you this. Don't just accept Jesus. Accept his forgiveness. Accept his grace. Accept his healing. Because when you say, yes, Jesus, I love you, he's like, I love you too. Period. End of story. I could just scrapple. And so that is something that we should all be grateful for. And I'm not saying what you do when your behavior doesn't matter. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that what you do in your heart has a lot to do with what you do in your life. And so Jesus doesn't say, hey, do you feel real bad? Or look what you did. Look at your mistakes. He says, first thing, do you love me? And so I got two ideas for you today. How do you declare war on your past mistakes? The first idea is this. You got to accept God's healing. Accept God's healing. Um, so I, I don't know what happens in your house, but in our house, you can tell how dysfunctional we are when we all sit down to eat dinner together. That's when the, that's when the wheels come off the wagon, you guys. I don't know, like, if dinner time can be crazy in your house. Well, let, me, let me just describe it in our house. Me and Stacey, we both cook. We're kind of like we're both in the game, all right, because it takes you know, two people to make those DiGiorno pizzas, man. And so, like, we just post, we're like, you send the time, I'm getting the frozen pizza. Um, and so after the dinner is cooked and everything is ready, um, me and Nora, we, we sit down at the table to eat because I don't know if you heard or not, but d dinner is ready. 
And so we sit, the next not logical step in the sequence of eating dinner together is to sit at the table and eat. Isn't that right? Is this right? Is this right? Wrong, okay? Because my wife and my son, who I love so much, I love them so much, when dinner is ready, they are literally anywhere else in the house, anywhere else in the neighborhood, anywhere else in Sussex County other than at the table itself. Does this happen in anybody else's house? No. Some of you are like, no, when that food's there, we are, we are there. No, no. In our house, like, Stacy's like, the dinner's ready. The, the green beans are perfectly cooked. They're, they're perfectly at the right temperature. I'm going to make us like 20 gallons of Crystal Light right now. And then after she makes 20 gallons of Crystal Light, she goes to the refrigerator and gets every sauce, every condiment, every spread, every butter, every what else, baby? Like everything else she gets out of the, the refrigerator and puts it on the table. Does anybody else here have to have like every condiment on the table? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, babe, we're having salad. We don't need cocktail sauce. She's like, well, you never know. My son, Nixon, okay, the reason he's not at the table is because he's dropping all things dinner-related all over the house. He's just dropping things. And me and my daughter, Nora, we, she's like mini-me, all right? We work together. We're like, it's time to eat. We, we sit there, and, and I, I think I'm, I'm right about this. I think we sit there on average seven minutes before anybody shows up. We just, we just sit there. And Stacy and Nixon are completely oblivious that we're just sitting there. They have no idea that we've been sitting there for seven minutes. But, but they're tuned in. If we take one bite of anything... Lord have mercy if we take a bite of a green bean. Like, they have no idea we were sitting there. We take a green bean, it's like WW, World War III, like, ha. And so last week, not this past week, but the, the week before that, um, we're, we're sitting there, and me and Nora are sitting there waiting for the rest of the family to come over. And I'm telling Nora what's going to happen. I'm like, Nora, your, your mom is going to get the cocktail sauce out of the refrigerator in three, two, one. There it is. There she, there she got it. And then I'm like, Nora, watch, watch this. Nixon's going to drop his plate. And here it comes. Three, two, one. Oh, there it is. He dropped, dropped his plate. And that night, Nixon dropped his 20 gallons of Crystal Light. He dropped his silverware. And he dropped his entire plate of food. Listen, if you ever need anything dropped, you just give it to Nixon. He will not let you down, okay? He is batting 100%. And, um, and so, like, he, he, after he dropped his plate of food and it went everywhere, I, where, everywhere I, I knew he looked a little upset. And he knows that somebody gets a little uptight when people drop things in the house. <laughs> Pastor Joe, and so I'm about to give him, like, the, uh, like, hey, hold it with two hands, buddy, talk. We've had that talk a lot. Hold it with two hands, buddy. And I'm about to do that. But I, I noticed, before I even do that, Nixon's bottom lip is, like, quivering. And he says, Daddy, I, I guess I can't be in the family anymore. <laughs> He's five. And so right away, I'm like, oh, no, no, you're fine, buddy. It's not, not the big a deal. Like, we're, we'll clean it up. Like, where's the dog? Eli, come eat this food off the, like, you're part of our family always, buddy. And then afterwards, I thought, do you think he was working me? Because he didn't get in trouble at all. And I think he played me like a fiddle in that situation. But I tell you that because I think we're all like Nixon. We've all dropped the plate. We've, we've all made a mess at some point in our life. And, and every Jesus follower in the world wonders, like, God, am I even, like, able to be part of your family anymore? Like, am I, like, when we make mistakes back in the day, we think, I don't think I'm, you know, I don't think God can use me anymore. I don't think I can be used by God. I don't think I'll be loved by God. I don't think I'll be forgiven by God. And so I just want to free somebody up today. If sin disqualified us from being used by God, I wouldn't be preaching right now. Hello? 
If sin disqualified us from being used by God, Bo Dukes, our worship leader, all right, who was up here earlier, he definitely wouldn't have led worship this morning. I mean, less than I would even be a preacher, but he would definitely not let worship, okay? And listen, sin does not disqualify us from being used by God. Do you know what this book says? This book says all. Everybody say all. It says that all have sinned and fallen short. You know what else this book says? It says that grace covers all. Somebody say Mazda Miata. It covers all. It covers all sin for all time, for all Jesus followers. Listen, to us, we focus on what do we do? And Jesus focuses on who do you love? And so he asks Peter three times, who, do, do, do you love me? And we just read time one. Here's time two. This is in the very next verse, verse 16. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, that's Peter's whole name, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Now, when Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? He's like putting his heart out there. It, it kind of reminds me of the first time I told my wife I, I love her. Um, men in the room, husbands, husbands. How many of you remember the first time you told your boo thing that you love her? Okay, come on, just put your hand up. Whether you remember or not, you better put your hand up. <laughs> if you want brownie points, just get misty-eyed right now. Like, okay, just, just, just go right back there. Um, it's a moment when you said that for the first time. Um, I told you guys a couple months ago when I told Stacy for the first time. Let me just, I'll just retell you. Um, uh, Stacy and I, I was 21 and Stacy was 18. I think that makes me a cougar. I don't know how that works. Does it work that way? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a cougar. <laughs> don't put that on YouTube, RJ. Cut it out. Anyway, <laughs> everyone, no one's coming back to Shark Sense again. Anyway, so. Stacy worked at Howard Tiennes at the time uh, as a lifeguard, and um, I, I came after one of my college classes at Dell Tech. I, I came, you know, flying up there in my sweet, non-convertible, multi-rust-colored, pladiddle Honda Accord, and I pulled up in the Howard Tiennes parking lot to go visit Stacy. And um, listen, it was raining. There were kids yelling all over the place. In other words, it was the perfect moment. And we're standing there, and I'm talking to Stacy. And I remember right before we said goodbye, I didn't plan it. I hadn't like rehearsed it on my way over, like, oh, I love you. But, my, but my, my mouth just started forming these words. And I was just like, I love you. <laughs> it's almost like with a question mark. Like, that's not the way to do it, guys. Just, just so you know. And, and, and once I, I said it, I was like, oh, like, get, get back in there. Get, 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 like, but you can't come back once you say it. You can't be like, I meant to say I love blockbuster video. Like, you can't switch it. You're in at that point. And so I said it, and then I thought, like, oh, no. I just remember standing there and thinking, like, what, what's she going to say back? Because there's a lot that she could say. She could say, I like you a lot. I would like to love you. That's not what I'm looking for. All right, like, I, I'm, like, worried. And then finally, she looked at me, and she said, I love you, too. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Cougar town. <laughs> and, and that was, like, 17 years ago. And, um, but but we, we said that. And so, like, it, it's a moment when you say, I love you, or when you're talking about love. Like, it's a really, really personal thing. And so, so Jesus is out there. He's like, Peter. Do, do, do you love me? And, and, and Peter, at this point, has already loved Jesus for three years. All right, this is the third year of things. He's already loved Jesus for three years. But have you noticed that in relationships, they start out with I love you, but 
after they get some age on them, you know, after like it, you know, the relationship has some just for men in the hair, you know, it's where, you know, it's driving a Buick now in the relationship. Like it's got a little bit of age to it. There's a Buick back there. I'm sorry. Um, but after it gets some age on it, like we stop, like we don't stop saying I love you, but we start to think like, now that you really know me, now that you know I put cocktail sauce on my salad and I wear a retainer to bed, <laughs> do, you, do you still love me? <laughs> right? It doesn't kind of get to that point. I remember Monday night, Monday night this week, um, we're, we're laying in bed and uh, I am trying to sleep. What am I trying to do? Sleep. Stacy is on this app called Town Square, which has something to do with our neighborhood. I don't even, I don't really totally know, but she's on this app and, and she is reading the board minutes from the latest board of directors meeting out loud. <laughs> what am I doing again? I am trying to sleep. My body language says I am sleeping. And she's reading these, these minutes out and she's like, Joel, so-and-so abstained from the opening the pool vote. And I'm like, D I don't care. I am sleeping right now. And then I heard her. She had this whole conversation to herself. She's like, they abstained. I can't believe they abstained. What, what does abstain mean? What does Google, what does abstain mean? Maybe I should run for the board. Maybe I should be on the board. And she's like coming up with her campaign slogan in the bed next to me. She's like, Stacy, a neighbor you can trust if the pool is a must. Or something like she's got something. <laughs> I'm just trying to sleep. I'm like, baby, I'm trying to sleep. And she's like, do you think I should run on the board? Do you think like, I should be on the board? I'm like, listen, are you trying to get my vote right now? <laughs> and uh, and she, she rolled over and she said, do you still love me? <laughs> and I said, you're trying to get my vote. You are trying to get my vote for this board thing, okay? But I looked at her and I said, baby, I always love you. And she said, oh, I always love you. And I can't tell you what happened next. Okay, that's all we're, that's the story ends there. <laughs> but after seven, I told her I loved her for the first time 17 years ago. And on Monday, she said, do you still love me? And in this story, in this story, Jesus asked Peter, do, do, do you still love me? Because that, that is the question. Peter, or Jesus doesn't ask Peter, do you feel real bad? Peter, do you have appropriate amounts of guilt right now? No. He says, do you still love me? Because to us, we focus on what we did. But Jesus focuses mostly on who we love. And so we ask Peter, who, do, do you love me? That's the question. And I think that's the question he asked us today. Do you love me? I thought about that question all week long. Do, do you love me? I think Peter answered it better than I would have. Peter just like, yes, period. Done. I wouldn't be like, yes, period. I would be like, yes, but I still do stupid stuff. Like, yes, Jesus, I love you, but I love me more sometimes because I'm selfish. Right? Like, I think when we answer that, we'd be like, yes, Jesus, I love you, but I'm, I'm a mess. And I think just Jesus wants to remind somebody today, yes, you're a mess. Hello. But you're my mess. Yes, you have been, you've got some issues, but I'm walking with you through those issues. Jesus asks, do you love me? Not do you feel real bad? Not do you got appropriate amount of guilt? Not were you in the car with Joel and the Mazda Miata? Not, not any of that. Just, just do you love me? Because how do we declare war on our past mistakes? This is big. <laughs> you got to accept that God accepts you. 
He accepts you. And you can't fully love God until you know he fully loves you. Aren't you grateful for that? You can't fully love God until you know he fully loves you. And so the point, accept God's healing. I'm not saying what you do doesn't matter. I'm not saying any of that, but I'm saying what Jesus focuses most is on, do you love me? And then he'll work on that other stuff. And so accept God's healing, accept his forgiveness. My second and last idea is this. How do we declare war on our past mistakes? You got to get back in the game. Get back in the game. Now, speaking of a game, uh, my boy Nixon is playing soccer this year. We got one kid signed up for soccer. What's his team name? We don't know. He's just the blue team. Go blue, blue team. It's the blue team. Uh, my daughter, Nora, we, I said, Nora, you want to play? You want to play soccer? She's like, no. Don't make me play, Dad. I don't want to play soccer, Dad. Don't make me do it, Dad. I'm like, done. Listen, if you will still sit with me at the dinner table while your mother and brother are going crazy, I, you don't have to do anything you want. And so like, Nora sits with me at the dinner table and she doesn't have to play soccer. And so, but Nixon, Nixon's playing soccer. So to get him kind of going, we got him a bright yellow soccer ball and bright yellow cleats for two reasons. Number one, easier to find your kid. Easier. Number two, that's what they're selling at Walmart over here. Okay, so that's really the main reason there. Um, and so we all we got a picture of Nixon and Nora from their first game the other day. Uh, Nixon's first game, and Nora is wearing blue because go blue, go blue, blue team, the blue team. Um, and and I'd never been to River Soccer Club's field, and so it's in Frankfurt. I don't know some of you guys might know this, but it's it's in Frankfurt, and it's on Gum Road. I've never been on Gum Road, so we 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 turned on the Gum Road. It's this podunk road. I'm like, this, this is wrong. This isn't where we're supposed to go. And then we come around the corner, and there are a thousand people, ten thousand people, probably a million people out there in the field. I mean. And so I'm like, I'm glad we got those yellow cleats until we walked out there. Every stinking kid is wearing yellow cleats. Bunch of stinkers went to Walmart. So we're just out there. Nixon's getting lost. Um, but the first thing that they did, they don't play a full game. What they do is one versus one. And so at his age level, they have one person on team yellow go head to head with one person on team blue. And they have two goals. And whoever scores the goal wins that little like mini game. And the girl that Nixon was paired up against that he was playing against on Team Yellow, she was way bigger than Nixon. I'm talking like, I think she was 27 years old. <laughs> like, I think she drove herself there in a Tesla. I can't prove it, but I think she got out of a Tesla. She was beating Nixon like a drum, you guys. It was not good. And so I looked over at one point, Nixon's standing in line, and he's like, his lip is quivering, okay? A lot of Nixon crying stories in this, this message. Um, and Nixon, he comes running over to me. He's like, Daddy, I keep losing. I'm going to quit. And I'm like, Nixon. And I had like one of those dad talks. I was like, Nixon, we are Tices, and we don't quit when we're losing. I was like, you got this. Get back in there. I'm here excited to watch you play. I'm videoing you on my phone. Like, come on, man. You got this. Get back in the game. Finally, I convinced Nixon to get back in the game. What I should have said is like, listen, you're, you're playing because it cost me $85 for you to play. 85, like you're playing $85 plus the cleats. That's the real story. Um, but my point is this. My point is that um, in life, we all lose. We've all got some mistakes in our past. We, we've, we've had some goals scored against us. And we all want to be like Nixon and be like, I want to quit. I want to give up. I'm no longer like able to be on this team. I want, I want to give up. And I think Jesus just is saying, listen, I paid for your forgiveness. And it didn't cost me $85. It cost me my life. And I'm here on the this, this sideline cheering for you. Get back in the game because I love you. And I just can't wait to see you play. You're cleaned up because of the forgiveness. 
But when Peter knows about that, Jesus just did the resurrection thing. He knows he's, you know, he should know he's forgiven. Peter's like, oh, no, I don't know. I, you know, I, I messed up three times. You know, you done messed up, AA Ron, like you messed up. And he messed up three times. And I think that's why Jesus said three times, do you love me? And we read two times. Here's the final time. This is in verse 17. It says this, the third time. He said to him, Simon, son of John, 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 again, the old name, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, and this is the third time he said basically this phrase. Let's read it together on three. One, two, three, feed my sheep. Everybody say, get back in the game. Everybody say, he paid for my cleats. Listen, do you know what this phrase, feed my sheep, means? Did you know what Jesus is asking Peter? He's asking Peter to lead the, 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 the church, 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 big C church. And this is, this is wild because the only Jesus follower that denied Jesus three times during the crucifixion, that's who Jesus handpicks to be the first pastor of the first church like, get back in the game, like, and listen, Peter, Peter didn't earn captain of the team, but in God's economy, our spot on the team is not earned. It's given by being forgiven. It's given by being forgiven. Listen, listen, Jesus doesn't call the qualified, period. Jesus qualifies those who he calls. And, and so, listen, am I qualified to be used by God. Am I qualified based on my, my merit? Yes or no? Yes or no? No. <laughs> what did you, somebody said something over here. Jokes over here. Is, is, um, is Bo Dukes qualified to be used by God? No, not on merit alone. Okay, he was, he's the one who messed up the Mazda. I don't know if you remember. Look, are we qualified based on our merit to be used by God? The answer is no, but Jesus doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Think about who he used to change the entire world. He used three or 12 jacked up teenagers who were seminary dropouts. We call them disciples. And he said to them, get back in the game. And so I think it's amazing what God can use with someone who's broken and sinful or what God can do with somebody who's broken and sinful, but it surrenders their life to him. It's amazing what God can do with somebody who's broken and sinful but surrenders their life to him. And so somebody here needs to hear this. Okay, you may have failed in life, but you're not a failure to Jesus. You, you may have made some mistakes, but God can still use you. Your, your past may be messy, but that doesn't mean that your future has to be messy. It's amazing what God can do with somebody who's broken and sinful, but they have surrendered their life to him. And so I think the question he's asking some of us today is, do you love me? And, and I think our answer, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah you, know, you know I do. And he's like, well, then get back in the game. Get back. You don't have to clean yourself up. I already cleaned yourself up. I paid for your cleats. I want to see you run around out in the field. I want you to get back in there because you're not disqualified to be used just because you failed a few times. And so I think that's good news for us. Now, I, I want to end uh, by telling you this. Um, this is important. I saw Bernie Sanders in the grocery store the other day. I, listen, I saw Bernie Sanders in the Hawkers, Ocean View Hawkers grocery store the other day. If it was not him, aliens cloned him. 
Now, whenever you talk about anything politics, people are like, <laughs> I'm going to email him about this. He is endorsing. I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm not saying go vote for Bernie. I'm saying I saw Bernie Sanders buying lunch meat in the hawkers in Ocean View. And I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure it was him. So you know what I did? I took a picture. I, like, I got behind the, the fruit the fruit area, all right? I like 007. Got behind the fruit area, took a picture. You want to see it? You want to see Bernie? Here's Bernie, all right? Listen. If that's not Bernie, I have lost my mind. Now, I don't see any mittens, <laughs> but I'm pr pretty sure this is Bernie, you guys. <laughs> Can we get a little closer? We need to verify this. All right, look. Bernie hair. Bernie hair? All right, a little closer. A little closer. Bernie glasses. Bernie glasses. Who here thinks this is Bernie Sanders? Come on. Don't let me down. Just raise your hand and make me feel better. Like, I'm not crazy. I think it was Bernie. And so this is what I did. I, um, I walked by and I was like, Bernie. Nothing. He didn't even flinch. So I did it again. I'm like, Bernie, 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 feel the burn. <laughs> Nothing. And then I'm like, mittens. Anybody got mittens? Anybody got any mittens around here? Vermont. Like, I'm just trying to get, he never turned. And so I don't really know if it was him or not. But um, I do know that I asked RJ if he would Photoshop Bernie and mittens next to Bernie and hawkers. And here's the greatest picture I've ever seen right here. Here's Bernie <laughs> and mittens. Bernie and hawkers. <laughs> so whether that was Bernie or not, Bernie was in hawkers. I don't know. I couldn't get him the answer to the name, so I don't really know if it was him or not. Um, but I tell you that because, <laughs> back to the story, Jesus and Peter, they're having this breakfast on the beach, and Jesus calls Peter Simon, son of John, instead of Peter, the whole story. Three times, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do, do you love me? And the reason that's weird to me is because Simon is Peter's old name. It's just like before Jesus' name, all right? It's like his before he met Jesus kind of name. And so like Jesus is the one who renamed Simon to Peter because Peter means rock. Some of you think Dwayne Johnson is the rock. No, Peter is the original rock. He is the OG rock. And so Jesus renamed Simon Peter because when he looked at Peter, he saw his heart and he said, this guy, is, he's a rock. And I wonder if Jesus called him Simon in this text just to see if Peter would be like, no, 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 that, that's not me. That, that's the old me. I'm not Simon anymore. Like, you name me, Jesus. Like, I'm, I'm the rock. Remember, like, you said I'm a rock. I'm a heart's rock. Like, like you, you gave me a different identity, right? But in Peter's failure, he held on to his old identity. And I wonder how many of us are holding on to our old identity, and we're walking around with our old identity, our old names kind of like hanging over us. And we're saying, I'm, I'm the addict. I'm, I'm the divorced person. I'm the, the person who yelled at the kid. I'm the one who had the Mazda Miata situation. I'm the Redskins fan. <laughs> and we're letting our old identity just consume who we are. And I just think Jesus is saying, no, 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 that's your old identity. That's not who you are anymore. I paid for your forgiveness, all right? It cost me my life on the cross. And so get back in the game. Because Jesus doesn't label us based on what we did. He labels us based on who we love. And so I just want to end today by, by showing you how the Bible labels you. I do this probably once a quarter. And uh, I do it because I don't think you can hear it enough. 
But some of you, you think your old identity is who you are. And I just want to just tell you what the Bible and the New Testament, what, what it labels you as. And spoiler alert, mistake is not part of it. Here's what the Bible says about you. And this is just good news. You ready to hear some good news to end this thing? Are you ready for me to be done? Yes, there it is. This is it. This is what the Bible says about you. You are Jesus' friends. You are children of God. You are children of light. You are members of God's family. You are holy and blameless, standing before God without a single fault. You are God's people. You are salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the branches that bear fruit. You are God's church. You are living stones in God's temple. You are a holy people. You are a chosen people. You are God's workers. You are Christ's ambassadors. You are God's masterpieces. You are the faithful ones. You are meant for greater things. You are bound for heaven. You are heirs of God's glory. You are set free from the penalty of sin. You are truly forgiven and brand new. So why are you tripping about what you did in a Mazmi out of 21 years ago? Why are we looking in the rearview mirror when you got a whole future? to look to. Listen, the question isn't, what'd you do? The question is, do you love Jesus? That, that question, the answer to that question changes everything because what he already did covers what you've already done. And he just wants to know, do you love me? If you guys could just bow your heads with me. And, and that's just the question I want to end up with today. With your eyes closed, I, I just want to ask you, if you've never crossed that line of faith, and you want those labels that I just read from the Bible, if you want those labels to be labels that, that God puts on you, it's a simple, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus said that when, when you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father or God in heaven. And so the way that we're going to do that today is with everyone's eyes closed, I'm the only one looking around, um, on three, if you want to cross that line of faith and just say, yes, Jesus, I love you, I'm going to follow you, I am, I'm, I'm in this with you, I want to be a Jesus follower, I just want you to raise your hand. And you'll be acknowledging that before me. And so on three, here we go. If you want to say, Jesus, I love you. I want to cross that line of faith and follow you. On three, here we go. One, two, three, raise your hands. My goodness. <laughs> There's hands all over this place. One more time. Jesus, I want to follow you. One, two, three, raise your hands. All right, let's just all keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. You can put your hands down. Let's just all say this out loud together. If you just raise your hand or if you're a Jesus follower, let's just say this. Dear Jesus, Today, I'm acknowledging that I love you. And I'm sinful. But I believe when you died on a cross and walked out of a grave alive, that forgiveness took care of my sin. And so from this day forward, Jesus, I believe you're God's son. I believe you died for me. And I'm saying... Yes, I love you. In your name, amen. Amen. Church, can we just celebrate that? I don't know how many people raise their hands. So many people raise their hands. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.